Hey there! Are you tired of waiting for the next episode of It's Probably Not Aliens? Well, we've got some good news for you. On Nebula, our streaming service, you can get access to all our episodes a week early. That's right, you'll never have to wait again to hear Scott and I debunk the latest ancient astronaut theory or get a movie fact wrong. But that's not all. Nebula is home to dozens of content creators we know you like, so you can find all your favorites in one place. Plus, we post content on there that you won't find anywhere else. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and listen to the next episode right after this one. So should we then, should we start with the meetup? I think we should start with the meetup because some people have already like, I, we've at least gotten an email from someone being like, did you know that Ancient Aliens Live is a thing? It's like, all right, we got to talk about it right at the start. Yeah, so. yeah. We, we mentioned it once in an episode ages ago, and then we're like, yeah. then never brought it up ever again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mostly because right. uh, between you getting married and me wrangling a almost two year old, like we like, we're like, we'll get to this. Don't worry. And then yeah. now we're getting right. to it at probably what I would say an almost embarrassingly late date, but we are getting to it. All right. Look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to come in hard with this episode. Ready? Here we go. Everyone shut up. We're talking now. <laughs> Listen to us. Tristan and I are doing a meetup. All right. We're doing a meetup. What date? November 4th. Put it in your calendar. Where at? Replay, Replay. in Lincoln Park, which is in Chicago. Yeah. Lincoln Park is a neighborhood in Chicago. <laughs> Perfect. I know that. Why are we doing this? It's that is a good because... question. I ask myself this often. <laughs> Is it because we want to hang out with listeners of the show? Yes, but also Tristan and I live nowhere near Chicago. So why are we going to Chicago? Tristan, fill everyone in. Some people have filled us in and we mentioned this like several episodes ago, but you know, these episodes are long. I'm not going to expect everybody to listen to every episode that we do. But um, basically, Ancient Aliens is going on tour for some reason. Yeah. And they're doing a live show in all sorts of places. Much to my dismay, I found out way too late that one of the places that they are having one of these dates is in Chicago. So um, we made our lives intentionally more difficult than they needed to be. Yep. But we're going to a live show for Ancient Aliens in Kalamazoo, Michigan. That's not like a meetup thing. We're just going to go there and make content out of whatever the madness of this show yeah, ends up Yeah, we're just going to watch the whatever happens there and then the day after then the day after we're gonna we're gonna go hop on the amtrak or greyhound or one of those things and what go have, over yeah. to the big bean the windy the city bean. and we're going to have a little get together at uh at 5 p.m at the bar called replay just sort of like a place where there's it's an it's an arcade with a bar a barcade yeah so unfortunately i learned this actually like in the preamble to this because like in canada you can go to bars if you're under 19 you just can't drink but apparently in america that's not a thing and i'm sorry for anybody of our zoomer audience who are under 21 but they're not going to let you in because i guess that's just how america works sorry but yeah like basically 5 p.m apparently if you buy it there I, I went to the website and tried to get the details you may have to buy a drink you might have to buy a cover of some kind like there might be a ticket i don't know we'll have to you go there get in however it is that you can get in and we'll be there hanging out but this also is... there'll be games yes 
This is like the most frantic. Like we're just like we're, we don't know how you get in there. Just get in there, okay? We'll be in there. And if you want to meet us, we'll be means, there. Any and means necessary, you could get in. Get there. in, get in, get out. We're gonna have drinks. We're gonna have games. We're gonna. I mean, we're not gonna do it. The bar already has the drinks, the games. But we, Tristan and I, will be there November fourth, five p.m. Lincoln Park replays the bar name. Hang out. Two eight three three North it. Sheffield Avenue. That's it. All right, um, that's all the things. All right, just just because we rambled a lot. Meet up November. 4th chicago yeah. illinois at replay in lincoln park 2833 north sheffield avenue at 5 p.m be That's there it. and be square be both of those things we planned this months ago and we just mentioned it once i think and never again and it's getting closer to the date so like please if you're in the area come hang out we'd love to say hi yeah and just just hang out it'd be great Woo! Um, it's it's halloween spooky um, it's the spooky day of October 12th. October 12th for us. Yes. We're time travelers from the past. Whoa. But yeah, this is the Halloween special. We're doing a Halloween special. Spooky, scary. A Halloween special of what? What is this? This is a podcast. This is a podcast called It's Probably Not Aliens where we debunk ancient astronaut theory and conspiracy theories. And I th- we're doing some cryptozoology today. It's going to be a good, fun mm-hmm. time. My name is Scott Nicewander. I know nothing except for how to get attention. Everyone shut up. That's all I know how to do. Uh, that's me. It made your wedding very awkward sometimes. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> shut up. We're going to dance now. Shut up. I'm getting married. <laughs> That was the opening to my vows. <laughs> Emily, shut up. I'm talking now. I'm kidding. I didn't do that. <laughs> no, no. There was a lot more cutesy stuff and tears and such. It was great. Either way, my name's Tristan Johnson. I have turned my ADHD info dumping into a career, and I've decided to inflict that upon all of you today. And also, I just want to mention before we get started, too, that as I was talking about the topic of this episode with my wonderful wife, Kelly, she mentioned a very good joke that also I said I was going to steal, and then I had to credit her. So okay. when I mentioned that we were doing an episode on cryptozoology she was like you mean the people who spent like ten thousand dollars on a picture of an ape i was like (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty good but yeah we're doing yes we're doing crypto apes today no we're doing crypto they're an actual wasn't there an actual like nft project called like crypto zoo or something like that I think so, yeah. i'm almost positive yeah there probably was that sounds stupid enough to be one of those ponzi schemes that they did yeah but yeah we're doing crypto zoology today because it's halloween so we're getting away from the aliens and you know we were having fun a little bit people asked us in the last week's episode that we were talking about hey when are you gonna do other things and i was like oh halloween yeah when are you gonna do probs not ghosts when are you yeah. gonna do probs not supernatural stuff we're doing it so this is one thing we can do to kind of dip our toes into that water see how people like it but also give you like an introduction to something a little different because we're kind of already on our best day a halloween adjacent episode yeah and last year we decided instead of doing a halloween episode to do a day of the dead episode where i talked about the grim reaper um yes so this one's this one's a little bit more this is another like you know teenage hyper focus of mine turned into content as i grew out of it so welcome how will we start with the main thing here and this is what i want to figure out do it scott word that's me when you think cryptozoology what comes to mind for you gosh i wish it was something cooler but it is bigfoot Bigfoot. Honestly, when I mentioned that I was doing this too, I had Matt Mildred Thoughts Live mention that, like, as we are recording this, there is like this very obviously a hoax, but like people are talking about Bigfoot again because somebody released this video that is either somebody in a suit or mm-hmm. some sort of like very obvious hoax. But 
but it's going around being like, look, I took a video of Bigfoot. It's so convincing. And then I like looked at it. And I'm like, this is Bigfoot. That is not a Bigfoot. That is a person I in would... a suit. <laughs> yeah. The growing up, it was definitely Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster were the two, two big ones for me. Well, yeah, those are the classics. I, I won't mm-hmm. lie. But like, it's obviously like a huge thing. Before I even did my research on this, I was like, oh yeah, it's just like, you know, weird people who decided to spend their time doing monster hunting who try to find monsters and i realized i'm like oh no it goes so much deeper into all sorts of interesting places and also like in addition i have like the crypto zoology story and in, in my family is that i have my great-grandfather swears up and down that he saw ogopogo uh and then i realized really? that our primarily american audience has never heard of ogopogo see i know the name but i don't know what the creature is in british columbia there's a place called the okanagan valley where there's a uh cryptid that is like a sea snake that lives in this lake in lake okanagan and my great-grandfather who swears up and down well he doesn't swear that anymore he's far too dead to do that but he swore up and down that Uh he had seen ogopogo when he was there so there's there's that connection but 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 you know everyone's got like even some people would say the ufos are cryptids but really we're talking about the fascination that we have with finding real mythical creatures yes so here's like a little bit I can talk to you about it. So like as long as there has been humans, millions of people around the yes. world believe that uh-huh. we have been making creatures like centaurs and hybrids and that maybe that these monsters from human history aren't creations of our imagination, aren't symbolic representations of various things, but actually they are, mm-hmm. depending upon how intense you want to go, they are either real uh, real monsters or yep. they are like basically just descriptions of real species that we just have not discovered yet. And the most famous example people uh-huh. always give is that like, there's like for a long time gorillas were a cryptid they were considered a legendary creature that we didn't believe in until we actually found them and now we know of them oh i didn't know that and also this one is less of a case that this is like you know that whole term on tiktok like what what's something that isn't illegal but feels illegal one oh, of the yeah. ones that felt like a cryptid but never actually was a cryptid is uh Arcatuthis, otherwise known as the giant squid oh absolutely that's for sure. I remember, I think I was bro- like very young when it was still sort of like, we've like finally found one washed up, but I don't even think at the time when I was younger that we ever saw one alive in the wild. I don't know. Have we ever found a like one living? Yeah, that's that's the big trick with, with Architeuthis is that it is like, it was never a species that was in doubt. We knew it existed because we kept finding dead ones. Like there's a yeah. dead one in the Smithsonian I saw when I was a child and we've like found various like other signs like you know like we found random tentacles we found huge like sucker cup shaped scars on sperm whales because sperm whales hunt them um so like all that stuff existed but the fact is is that they are very big and they live in the deep ocean like really really uh, deep in the ocean because they're basically an example of something called abyssal gigantism that's how you end up with things like the deep sea isopod which is related to like you know those little roly polies imagine a roly poly that's like a foot long uh and those exist at the bottom as an ex uh just things get really big really deep in the ocean and architeuthis or the giant squid is one of those but yeah we had never found like living we never found one that was alive or at least the ones we found that were alive did not live long enough to like you know really stand up to scientific study until like recently like i think like the 
2000, I'm, this is me just completely going off of the top of my head, but I'm trying to sure. recall that I, sometime in the 2000s, like I think like 2007, Okay. Uh, there was a Japanese uh, like underwater camera that captured one. And it was just like a few frames because it wasn't like, it's was one of those like webcams that didn't exist to like constantly take high definition footage. It just like yeah, takes I pictures mean, every it was few seconds. Webcams today are not particularly great. 2007, I don't know. Yeah, but they had, a, they took a few pictures a few uh pictures of a Arcatuthus like uh like by the thing since cool. then though i do think that there's been a few others as we've been like been more capable of sending our machines to the deep ocean and looking looking at stuff there's been and mm-hmm. people have been looking for it because it's a very interesting species it's like yeah it is until until uh we discovered a, a different one uh it was considered like the largest invertebrate on earth um and it's like uh-huh the second and to this day it's like the second largest cephalopod and um it, and a bigger one well yeah there's the colossal squid oh, there's, okay yeah there's another yeah. another species of squid called the colossal squid that lives in sort of the oceans around antarctica but um but the giant squid has like the largest eyes on earth they're like the size of volleyballs um or dinner plates That's pretty big and like yeah like pretty well but like thing is like that that is considered like an example of uh, a cryptid but was never actually a cryptid like cryptozoology has no claim over the giant squid it was an animal that we had never seen alive but we had plenty of evidence that it was a real animal um right and still is to this day um but like the thing is that we have always been fascinated by monsters and we have been writing about giant squids for ages possibly seeing these as part of like our fascination with monsters um yeah you can even see this back in like ancient times like medieval times you saw these things called bestiaries which were uh, basically like little books full of different animals like here are all the animals that exist and some of them were real some of them were very funny because they were like drawings of like an elephant done by someone who had never seen an elephant before and it only had it described (laughs) Uh to them Uh there's some great paintings out there you should see though of like this person trying to draw an elephant and it's like they obviously had never seen an elephant before so they did not know what it looks like yeah (laughs) but between like you know them not knowing what uh what you know exotic animals look like also that got in there is that just other things that were described in the same breath and a lot of them were like monsters and such and so people were always fascinated by like all the different creatures that they were able to um to put into mm-hmm. these things and i mean i play enough using dice to kill monsters games to know that people love a good monster i mean i we love a good monster. one of my childhood like things was that i love i loved drawing monsters of different kinds um, oh yeah owl bears that's good dragons are dragons a cryptid uh they they definitely there are definitely people who who try to find dragons yeah uh, awesome that's awesome because here's like here's the part where things are gonna get complex is that cryptozoology has is a very wide field that spans from people who are like maybe like one degree off of being just naturalists uh and then there are people who are like i'm looking for bigfoot he is my friend he is telepathic and he can travel between mm-hmm. dimensions he came to my door once asking to borrow some eggs yeah it goes He's, everywhere he from real. bigfoot is real uh or bigfoot might be real we need to go and search for evidence of whether he not he exists to mm-hmm. bigfoot is real he is psychic and can go between dimensions like those are the sort of that those are like the, the, awesome. the, the spectrum the full spectrum of cryptozoology um to kind of give you like a little bit of like a beginner thing about it cryptid please 
it comes the cryptozoology crypto comes from the term uh from greek meaning to hide or to be hidden so a cryptid is like it comes from the word crypto which means hide or hidden and cryptid is basically a hidden animal this is the cryptocurrency thing because crypto comes from cryptography which is a way to conceal or hide text like to encrypt things you know right yeah i get you uh the problem that cryptozoology people have always fallen into though is that if you want something to be officially recognized as an animal you need something called a type specimen which means you basically need a dead one of them to i need a yes to I need classify a and tag and put in the museum and say this is look we have one this is what this is it exists here it is or at least it exists dead here's a dead one yeah and so a lot of times cryptozoology is the the study of these animals that have not yet had their things taken. And I think mm -hmm. that it's also very like interesting to point out that they're always like mythical or like in some way like really big or really interesting or weird type things. Like there's no cryptozoologists who are searching for like a beetle that has a slightly different shell pattern compared to another beetle that we do know about right. or like at least as far as I know, there's no cryptozoology or there's no crypto botanists, you know, trying to look for like a, um, mystical sure. plants or anything like that. Yeah, here's just like a regular plant with a slightly off color. Mm -hmm. This is like, it's a, it, yeah. Yeah, it's always something a little bit weird and wonky. Mm -hmm. um, it feels like it's like combining different, which to be fair, like nature is a little weird and wonky sometimes. Yep. Uh, there are some like weird animals and weird plants and things like that. So I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah. And so like there's a few like there's a few really big ones that everyone knows about. The big one, Bigfoot slash Sasquatch, which has yeah. been associated with the wilderness and um, has been around, at least in some capacity, has been written about since 1958. Although some of the, you know, discussions of Bigfoot have also taken terms from like Sasquatch, which has like origins and in indigenous like myths about like big hairy wild men type stuff. Sure. There's the Loch Ness Monster, which was first written about in 565 AD, but got most famous because of a 1934 photograph. I'm sure everyone knows this exact photograph. Oh, I know this photograph. Uh, but the Loch Ness Monster to cryptozoologists is typically thought of to be some sort of sea serpent or a plesiosaur that somehow survived the many, many mass extinctions that it would need to survive in order to live in this one lake in Scotland. Um, yep. Which also reminds me that the other uh, thing they'll go down is the coelacanth, which was this uh, fish that was thought to be extinct for millions of years until they just, you know, fished one up like about 100 years ago or so. Yeah, I know that one. Uh, another big one would be the Nepalese Yeti or the I was going to ask snowman. about the Yeti. Yeti, in my mind, is so tied to Bigfoot. Like, they're very similar, but different, different uh, places. Yeah, yeah. The Yeti is more associated with, like, the... Um the uh the mountains uh, specifically the yes. um the himalayas uh mm. so like there's like a really great nepalese like dumpling slash noodle place that i go to regularly and their logo is a yeti yes. and uh a more recent one would be the chupacabra which is yeah. uh which has its origins in puerto rico in uh 1995 mm. the first first report of a uh of a chupacabra was done in puerto rico in 1995 but there are stories that go all the way back to the 1970s in the u.s of I mean, chupacabra is literally Spanish for goat sucker. So yes, <laughs> a thing. you know, what's funny as, as you're listing all of these, because I because my brain is like hardwired for like one thing, all I'm thinking about is, boy, they've done they've done all of these cryptids in in Scooby-Doo episodes before and <laughs> just unmasked them <laughs> to be people. 
which is very funny. October is the month where the superhero dimmer switch gets turned off and it's just all Scoob. It's all Scoob in here, up here in my noggin. Like, Scott is constantly, like, that meme of the astronaut who's, like, sweating, looking over two buttons, and one is, like, this is a super, this is a comic book, and this is a Scooby-Doo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or I'm that meme of, like, you know, that couple laying in bed, and the, and the girl's, like, I bet he's thinking about other women, and in my head, I'm, like, all right, so this is all the cryptids that Scooby-Doo has unmasked before. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Never change, buddy. Um, mm-hmm. but so, so like the other thing is like, could this, like, are, are some of these might, might be real, right? Like, like there's so many things to go with. So I, this episode, I'm not going to try and like, be like, oh, every single one, we're going to debunk every single cryptid. There's hundreds of the damn things. Every culture has tons of them, but like, I'm going to try and go through like the bigger concept of it. But like, there's like real attempts to try and figure out either like how supernatural or how scientific it is. Like Bigfoot has several attempts at giving it a scientific name, but none of them are actually recognized. Uh, the Yeti yeah. is uh, oftentimes described as being maybe a primate, something like an orangutan. Okay. Um, so there's like sometimes there are people who are drawn like, like, yeah, these are just real animals. Or like maybe we're just looking for a big species of North American ape. That is just what it is. Sure. But and also it has uh, done a lot of stuff about like trying to define cultures, communal spaces, uh, trying to like there's a lot to talk about with cryptozoology and the people who are interested in it in the the line between civilization and wild areas that like this is like in many ways like hanging on to cryptos cryptids is like a way of us for to us to um imagine yeah uh a, a different age where our relationship with nature was one that was a bit more mysterious than it is today where there wasn't so much that we knew about things and that you know nature wasn't a thing that we were actively imposing ourselves on to the point of basically destroying it but like is a thing that still has deep secrets and big things to, to uncover mm. so yeah that's 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 what we're going to talk about today um yeah so I, I i will i'll give you a few debunkings because this is it's probably not aliens and i know that you guys love a good me spouting about things so i'll give you a few um yeah bigfoot give me some facts and logic destroy these cryptids destroying their asses with facts and logic yeah uh their crypto asses get out of here so let's talk about bigfoot first uh the the big the 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 heavyweight champion of the cryptid world um yeah the famous case that's still used as like the most pervasive evidence of of bigfoot existing is uh the famous film that was done by roger patterson um Uh the thing is that roger patterson had a long history of a bigfoot obsession and wanted to make money and confessed on his deathbed that it was a this video was a hoax yeah you've Um, seen this video everyone (laughs) you've seen it it's the it's the classic one of like bigfoot swinging the big long arms looking back it's like a meme like that the pose of bigfoot swinging his arms looking back at the camera yeah Uh, you've seen it yeah and and the other bits that usually come forward with bigfoot sightings are things like uh, footprints that's why bigfoot is usually a term that's used uh they're like large footprints with hairs sometimes but none of these have ever actually stood up to any scientific rigor sometimes to try and say like you know oh this is just like a fake footprint made by people of a person's footprint they mention that there's a mid-tarsal break in footprint tracks or in bigfoot tracks uh but oftentimes that's that that is also present in some people so it's not really a big like what does that mean mid-tarsal break so non-human primates can lift their heel independently of the rest of their foot but humans can't primarily okay think about like walking 
Like our foot is yeah. a lot less agile because it wasn't designed to grab things like a lot of apes have. Oh, I see. But a lot of people can. Like there are some people who do who can do that. So it's not like a universal thing. Gotcha. And like, yeah, every single Bigfoot like hard evidence has turned out to either be a hoax or a misidentified animal of a different kind. Mm. Uh, so like very often a human or a bear or something in that variety. Um, I'll talk about some like bigger things too, but like being native to North America, like there is a lot of open space, but like given like how long an ape would need to gestate and reproduce and the amount of like natural space and resources that would be available to it. If we haven't seen one by now, they would, the, the population that would need to be around to support them would not be viable. Um, well, if they're this, I mean, we're forgetting the fact that Bigfoot can't transport, teleport between dimensions. There's like that, that. Yeah. So this is the yeah. part where like, yeah, to try and explain why, you know, no one has found a Sasquatch. They have like cryptozoologists have, have defaulted to, well, it's because he's psychic and can travel between dimensions. Duh. Mm-hmm. Duh. Uh, the other big one would be Loch Ness Monster. Uh, yes, because Loch Ness is a famous like deep lake. Uh, the famous 1934 Nessie photo that we probably all saw when we were kids was debunked as a hoax in 1994. What? And almost every like Loch Ness Monster sighting turned out to be hoaxes or misidentifications. And there's just the other aspect that like Loch Ness is not a huge lake. It's mm. deep, but it's not very big uh, and probably would not have like the space for an entire species of like say predatory reptile that would need yeah. a lot of fish and things to live <laughs> yeah that's true they used to do discovery chant when i was growing up they used to do discovery channel investigations about all of these cryptids and the loch ness monster was the one i remember the most because they would get out on a boat and like scan the whole lock and try to like pick up things like uh they would like detect things like oh something in here is using echolocation and i think that was even in the same documentary they were just like yeah sometimes uh because it's not like it's not locked off but locked off um you know there are like rivers and other openings and things like that 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 feed into it i guess that like some animals that do use echolocation sometimes get lock and they're like yeah it's just it's interesting but there's nothing that has really compelled me to believe that there is a big a big monster in there as much as i would like to believe it Mm -hmm. yeah uh a few other ones that i could also just like throw together um because these are some there's some lesser known ones that I could also talk about. I'll handle a few more. So like the Yeti, uh, all of like the conclusive evidences of Yetis have had D- like there was DNA analysis done on one that really seems that very often a lot of these are just Himalayan black and brown bears and not like uh, ma- hairy men. Interesting. Interesting. Is the Yeti different from the abominable snowman? No, that the one is like they're, they're the same thing. They are the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there are also like various hairy men of different folklores not just the yeti and the sasquatch uh the yowie one of them yeah the yowie is one that is uh reported to live in the outback in australia cool uh there's the orang pendek which is like this uh it's like it's in indonesia on the island of sumatra and it's supposed to be this like another bipedal ape maybe a descendant of one of our you know part of our human family um 
which I mean, there's no evidence that these exist, although it is in the place where orangutans were found. And so some people are like, oh, it might be a relative of the orangutan. Uh, but like, again, there's there's various things you can talk about with that. Like the like the wrong pedek, there's no evidence that they exist. There's no things uh, that that actually show that it's real. It, they would find us too sexy to avoid us because of the sexy ape theory. So that's true, too. I was going to say, do you think is there a possibility that these sightings are just like actual, just like ha- hairy people wandering around? <laughs> just like at hairy humans just like walking through the woods is that a possibility i mean it could be but like I, I, like in many ways like that the, the orang padek is very much like uh apparently tied to like indonesian folklore like apparently it's like some sort of demon by their reckoning i but, get you but like if we take it back to north america and we just talk about like bigfoot is there a possibility that just a big hairy man had a wild bender one time um and and wound up in the middle of the woods naked but was very big and hairy and some people were like that's bigfoot i see him right there and i'm not saying that's every sighting of bigfoot but i'm saying could it be one sighting of bigfoot that is the plot history? of an episode of the simpsons is it really yeah like it's one of the first episodes of the simpsons where they go camping and they get lost and somebody takes a picture of homer and d- determines that it's bigfoot and they kidnap there him you and go feed him pork chops <laughs> I think that a lot of the Bigfoot stuff is based on like, if I were to like hazard a guess, is that a lot of different cultures over the over our histories have always like civilization in like the settled society where there's always been like a development of a, a, a cryptid that seems to represent the wilder version wild people either people who live like mm. you know in the bush or something like that and i imagine that, that they probably sort of evolved out of that mm, i see i see yeah other other ones would probably be like the nunda which is mm-hmm. this uh, let me try to get this again uh the nunda is like this uh potential eater of people from this fairy tale in uh swahili oh. such like the swahili creature but uh is it big it's supposed to be like a big cat that eats people is it purple it is has it a giant purple people eater unfortunately it does have uh it doesn't have any horns but it do- and two eyes but um oh. what people are seeing there is likely from what some people suspected is that it's what happens is that there was probably a crossbreeding between tigers or leopards like a hybrid that created a subspecies oh. what's possible is that when two different species interbreed they can create they can which happens you know every so often they can create offspring that have uh genetic issues and one of the genetic issues can be like what happens with lions and tigers is that growth sure. hormone stuff gets thrown off and they end up being just like really big so we might be seeing something that's like that if it's real at all hybrid yeah sure other examples that have no evidence but they're based in like you know folklore and myth are like the dobar chu which is this um cryptid from ireland that looks like a uh basically a giant otter (laughs) um oh i like that yeah uh the other would be the acurinus they're supposed to be like a sort of a mysterious tribe that lives that look like white people that live in the amazon rainforest oh interesting so that's a whole, that's not even like a one-off. That's a whole group, a whole tribe. Mm-hmm. That one I need to do more into because that sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> My white supremacy alarms are going off for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that's, that speaks a lot to about the fact that Brazil has like a, a mass amount of uncontacted tribes that uh, they have to deal with where they have people, they have, they have entire like little societies that do not contact the outside world and still live as they did many, many like thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course the Chupacabra, um, uh, the, the many Chupacabra yeah. sightings and remains almost always turn out to just be uh, 
coyote or a raccoon that has mange. Mange is like a ah. a parasite that uh, that makes animals have really itchy skin and uh, yeah. very often animals with mange have like a lot of their fur like they either scratch off parts of their fur uh, in really really bad cases they might have none of their fur and you can imagine that some animals like fair. raccoons or coyotes would look really messed up with if like not oh, only did they any... have no fur but like also their skin was all like scabby from scratching and stuff like that look here's the thing any t- this happens every couple of years someone will take a photo of a very normal animal that typically has fur uh, but doesn't have any in this photo and people will freak out thinking that it's some sort of like cryptid or new monster like i feel like a a classic one that like reappears every couple of years is like a hairless bear and people will be like the fuck is this thing what the fuck this is a new creature and it's like no you've just never seen a bear without hair before and to be fair like hardly anyone has because that's so weird to see uh but like my point is anything any like mammal that has that typically has a a nice fluffy coat of fur when you take it off they always look so wild and so alien and foreign uh that it it would not it doesn't surprise me that like yeah a a mangy raccoon Mm -hmm. looks like a not a raccoon at all but a completely new beast yeah so if you ever wonder why people say mangy it's because like that's like mange is typically like an uh, uh thing that a lot of animals get when they're like wild so like a mangy dog is like a like a wild like a mangy like, like a sort of like semi-feral dog yeah yeah um so that's like those are like just a few of them but uh there's some bigger lessons to take away but scott first i yeah. need to turn you on to the glorious world of product and service okay let's, do, let's go there all right i'm gonna play the sound now and then we'll do some product and service So like this, this there's various different cases. These are all over the world. And there are also like a subsect of people who are really dedicated to finding these things. The big problem is that like, like there's a few ways you can look at it. Like one, the allure of the unknown can sometimes blind us to the reality or the logic on the ground. Like sometimes the idea that the, the creature is really interesting or even very compelling evidence, like photographic evidence might take us away from like bigger other issues and shows a gap in our sure. like sort of reasoning on things uh a lot of these cryptids especially the more famous ones don't have any concrete evidence despite the fact that people have been looking for them for years and they're usually fairly big creatures in well-known territories which by most logic would make it like pretty hard to have missed uh, after all this time um and there's a lot of evidence that belief in cryptids like bigfoot can be a gateway to other conspiracy theories because once you are like well Well, why is there no evidence for this thing then well it's being suppressed and then it kind of goes into suppressed and like yeah and and then and you've got all this other stuff like you know i mean we've we we bring it up a lot before but like yeah any conspiracy is like a gateway to another thing where it's like suddenly you start having distrust in in pretty much everything around you to the point where everything's a conspiracy but also like there's this whole subset of things dealing with crypto tourism where people oh. of a region are starting to get tourists showing up wanting to see the cryptids that live in their region overshadowing that they have their own cultural and natural heritage in that region and i've been told too that um that sometimes cryptozoology and cryptid hunters in their expeditions because they're you know not trained field biologists tend to do things that say people who are interested in conservation don't approve of because they're like essentially going on a hunting trip in the woods uh in places that might be protected areas and leaving trash and all that kind of stuff Uh, 
don't like that. Yeah. Um, but like, I think that it's important to understand like why people are doing this. And there is something to the fact that cryptids do recapture our sense of mysticism. And like, sure. we live in this world where like, I feel like this is like a lot of times when there's a lot of like people talking about fringe science and like big physics stuff too. There's this idea that like we have advanced so much with science that a lot of the easy stuff to find that is usually the big and dramatic stuff has kind of already been found. Yeah. Now the people who find new species are going to extremely remote places in the world and finding species of like insect and plant and microbe and like these kinds of things. And yeah. it's very rare, if not, you know, completely not seen anymore to see like larger creatures actually that we've never seen before showing up. And in some right. ways, there's a little bit of like a, a sadness. Like I think that a lot of, I even see this in like people like uh, David Childress with his like Indiana Jones shtick, where there's like this yeah. idea that we have, we have mapped out a lot of the world at this point and that there's not a lot of room for exploration in like the sort of traditional sense of like people going into the deep woods and finding new things right and that kind of there's a little sadness in that and people who want to recapture that might you know go into this uh, might get into topics like this because it, it adds a little bit of mystery to the wild i think about this all the time because i don't i know nothing about like insects so like if i if i find if i'm just like outside even just like a couple steps outside of my home and there's like a bug that i've never seen before the first thing that pops into my head is like what if i'm the only person who's ever seen this what if i just discovered a new little critter and i'm like no i just don't know anything about insects so this is just new to me but someone <laughs> already knows about this and there is a little bit of like kind of wish there was something new out there mm -hmm. and sometimes there is there might be something hiding somewhere but again like there are a lot like animals and like like especially bigger things leave their like they leave wakes like they like they leave impacts on the environment and we are so mm. we have reduced the amount of wild spaces on this earth to such small areas that anything of like the size of a bigfoot would be pretty easy to spot by this point for example look at the giant squid we spent a long time being like we can never find one of the giant squids and now we have several pieces of like video evidence because at the bottom of the ocean because we have uh like in the last few you know years invaded every single possible wild space that exists yeah we got them they can't hide from if us. any of these like big cryptids existed we never saw them like more than likely they're extinct by now there's also another part of motivation that i also like try to dance around a little bit because this part is like getting into tristan makes you sad territory so maybe i'll hang on to it for that but uh like i know one of the big cryptid hunters that i knew when i was younger was a person who was planning trips to south america because he was looking for dinosaurs because he was a young earth creationist who thought that dinosaurs would still be real and so needed to go and find dinosaurs to prove that bible gotta go find dinosaurs all the dinosaurs in the Bible. And yeah, this like just shows like you should probably be dubious about these claims because like the reason why science works the way it does is that it's a process that tries to be verifiable and replicable. And so like cryptozoologists go and do their thing, but like biologists also do their thing. They do field work all the time trying to classify and identify new species. And like it's boring. You find new species of beetle. You don't find new species of like, you know, upright walking primate, but uh, it's still. Beetles are cool. 
Yeah, Beatles are rad. <laughs> they made a whole superhero movie about a Beatle recently. Yeah, I don't think it was good. I heard it was good. Okay, well. I don't know. Neither of us have seen it, clearly. That is true. So. That is true. Part, the other thing, too, is that uh, there's something called the 50 slash 500 rule. And this is the kind of thing I was talking to you about with Sasquatch and why, like, a lot of these animals species, like, where the people say that there's, like, un- unexamined species, like an unseen species that is, like, mm. this big that would need this much territory to survive and is still a viable species sort of violates the, the fi- 50 500 rule which is that you basically need a minimum of 50 members of a species to fight inbreeding okay and you need a minimum of 500 individuals to reduce genetic drift which means that okay. like if you're if there's if there's less than 500 individuals in a species there's going to be some issues like basically um one one good example would be the uh the cheetah and for anyone who's like worked closely with cheetahs knows that they have yeah some genetic problems because uh sometime in the past they went through like a genetic bottleneck where only a handful of them survived and because of that they have all sorts of of genetic issues Uh it's also the same reason why basically every purebred dog is like the reason why scooby-doo probably didn't make it to his 10th birthday because great danes are yeah to breed a great dane you have to like do all sorts of stuff that leads to it not being like not being (laughs) able to survive very well there's anything i know about scooby-doo it's that he is a mangy mutt and i think i think a mutt by definition is not purebred so i have hope for him true true but yeah like on the idea of like the 5500 rule basically like if you have less than 500 members of your species it's especially this is this is for terrestrial vertebrates by the way um it will probably yeah. lead to some problems and might lead to like inbreeding and um potentially like well, yeah, but anything goes for interdimensional, interdimensional cryptid psychic. There cryptids. is that. Yeah. Um, we don't know how many there are of those. There could be more <laughs> of them than than there are of us. Yeah. They're just in a different dimension. This is why, like, um, I'm trying to remember, I think there was like maybe a Star Trek episode or something where they were talking about like, well, how do we repopulate this planet with like only a handful of people? And it's like, well, we have to do this like carefully calculated thing where we have all of your genes. Now, everybody is basically going to have to have children with everybody else. So like, like to creep genetic diversity up, basically like no two people can have more than one child. So like everyone's going to have to, we're just going to have to all be poly basically. Everyone have babies with everyone else. Biggest polycule. Yeah, the, the, the a complex polycule. Um, mm-hmm. So the, but the, what this all is to say is that like a lot of these animals have like a range that is far too small to actually host a viable population. Yeah. And means that like it's unlikely such a species exists and also shows that there are ways to anticipate where certain types of species will live without actually having evidence of them. And a lot of these cryptids don't have that thing to give them that like uh, to give them the, the 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 viability that we see like if if there was enough if there were enough big feet to support an actual population of them uh-huh. we would have seen them by now we would have we seen, would, we would see them that. all the time you would have to wear a bell on your backpack when you're camping in the, the pacific northwest to avoid big feet you know yeah i mean in the in nessie right in the in loch ness if there were 50 to 500 of them i think i don't know if they would fit yeah. you would <laughs> need over loch 500 ness. of them and also with the people who go more scientific but they would claim that nessie is a form of plesiosaur they would need to mm-hmm. be like a thriving species of them that exists for millions and millions of years which would yeah 
we would have seen some by now and there would have been remains and stuff yeah also true so then like there is that uh but then like why do people go down this this route why is there so much emotional investment in it and i think that it has to do with the fact that cryptids have a there's a couple ones which is one that a lot of cryptids have some sort of connection to various different cultures and backgrounds like i do think that in many ways i mean there's like a resentment towards the scientific establishment that we have seen all over ancient aliens and all sorts of different forms of pseudoscience for sure i also wonder this is maybe just me speculating a little bit but i also wonder if our attachment to cryptids has something to do with us feeling guilty about what Mm. we've done to the environment like i think about the fact that like when i was a kid there there was like multi, like I think like three or four times more birds like on Earth. Like you heard birds more. And the fact that yeah. we have eliminated so much wild space that we have killed, like we have like eliminated so many species or we have pushed so many, uh, like reduced the amount of just sheer life on this planet to such a small amount that a lot of our emotional attachment to cryptids comes from being a little sad about the fact that like yeah. we've killed off most of the things that would be cryptids at that point, especially because it seemed that the first targets for extinction that we went for are basically every megafauna that lives in every region. I don't know if you, there's this other part about how as humans live in an area, all of the animals get smaller because all of the bigger animals go extinct. The only place Ah. where any megafauna actually survived for a long period of time is Africa because those are the megafauna that evolved alongside us, right? Mm. That's why like elephants in Africa still exist, although we're also like, you know, hunting them to the point of extinction. But like- The North American elephant called the mammoth died because they were not they were not able to handle human humans. They did not evolve alongside humans to know how to deal with them. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, this is the part where well, we're not even at the part where Tristan makes you sad yet. Um, no, it's gonna get worse. Yeah, there's also just like you know a lot of uh, cryptozoology does not follow the scientific method, which means there's a lot of relying on anecdotes, rumors, and very sketchy sightings, uh, notably like you know blurry videos and photographs, and a lot of uh, selective use of data and ignoring contradictions. And it's widely popular. A Puerto Rican mayor uh, literally put together an armed posse to go hunt for a chupacabra. A surprisingly high percentage of Americans still believe in the Sasquatch. And like there are some places like uh, Champy and the Honey Island uh, Swamp Monster that have like cultural festivals and tourism oh, yeah. surrounded about it. And there was also at one point something called the Oklahoma Octopus that was blamed for certain attacks, but there was no evidence around it. Wow. So uh, there's all of that. But like, I think that also it's like really important to address this stuff because belief in creatures like Bigfoot can lead to a broader acceptance of the supernatural and the paranormal, which like is like, you know, fine on the surface. But the danger is that it erodes our critical thinking skills and our basic understanding of science. And in a future, I'm not going to delve too much into current events, but if you look on on the Internet and in social media spaces in general, we need to kind of be moving to a space where we're being more rigorous and skeptical in accepting what is true or what is uh, what is real or what makes sense uh, in science, but as well as like various other things. And Hmm. eroding your skepticism like that is going to like make you fall for more stupid shit. Like there's a reason why like there's a big crossover between like ancient aliens fans and like say conspiracy theory movements like QAnon or like why the best indicator for somebody believing in a conspiracy theory is believing in a different conspiracy theory. Yeah. And oftentimes these can be exploited for tourism, which, you know, sidelines genuine issues and cultural heritage in favor of, you know, let's go see Mothman, I guess. 
yeah erosion of our scientific understanding you know reducing our standards of evidence for how we actually go and find these things because we we follow too many tv shows about people hunting cryptids they're fun though they are fun but they that are is... goofy mm -hmm. and sometimes too it makes it so that actual researchers are hesitant to publish their data because sometimes when they do like publish like evidence of things that they found on their expeditions they will this is sort of like what we talked about with the uap phenomenon like yeah i was gonna say it feels like a very uap sort of thing where like if you speak up and say that you found something that is like a ufo people will be like well that's sort of crockery you're you're we can't take you serious right now mm -hmm. but if say you said oh look i was like working in sumatra and i think i have some evidence that there might be an undiscovered species of primate that lives here maybe we should do an expedition and go find it uh instead people will be like it's the walking it's the it's the walking thing it's like you know like then people will start showing up there to look for it and it's like oh jesus okay um yeah yeah so that that's a good the other part and just like so yeah cryptozoology might be fun might might look like harmless fun but if you look deeper uh these myths have real world implications that we probably shouldn't ignore so we should strive to be more informed and rational yeah happy halloween i do want <laughs> happy halloween be informed and rational this halloween yeah trick or treat more like science-based evidence please yeah <laughs> Do you have a Halloween will, costume? Do I have a Halloween costume? Emily and I are trying to think of something. Because you guys did gender swapped something last year. Didn't I don't you? even remember what we did. Like did like Steve and Blue's Clues or something like that? Oh, yeah. Emily was Steve and I was Blue from Blue's Clues. Mm. That's what we did. A year before that, we did Superman and Lois Lane. I don't know what we're going to do this year. She's got some ideas. She tends to take the lead on these things. And I think it's fun. You have a costume? Yes. I know you do. You I am, sent me I'm, photos. I'm super proud of, of uh, our family costume this year. So Kelly's still in the process of putting hers together, but we got a little Batman costume for our little toddler. I have purchased a luchador mask and yes. I have purchased this tube of, of glow sticks. Yep. And I have somewhere in the vastness of my random shit, I have some glow in the dark body paint and I mm. bought a black tank top. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put on the tank top, draw some glow in the dark veins all over my like arms and stuff nice. and put on the luchador mask and try to find some way to have take some of the green glow sticks out and have them come out of my back and into the mask somehow. And uh. yeah. I was going to say, as soon as someone, someone's like, oh man, how'd you get all that paint all over you? Uh, or just, you know, why do you have, why are you, why are you glowing? And you're just like, I was born in the dark. Yeah. And I'm realizing that like, uh, it, no one's going to recognize it because when I searched for Bane costumes, I almost entirely got Tom Hardy. And you got the Tom Hardy one. Yeah. Bane, who's like juiced up on, what's the drug called? It's called Venom. 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 Right? It's called Venom. Another Tom Hardy production. Venom. Yeah. But like, uh, they lost the plot uh, on on uh, on Bane, and so a lot of people don't know that Bane is like some like South American guy who's gotten juiced up on like super steroids or something. Yeah. But yeah, like that's that's what we're doing. Uh, but yeah, also that's awesome. um, you don't like really need to super hardcore check your candy. That's just an urban legend. Just an urban legend. There's only ever been one case of it happening in all of history, and it was somebody who did it to their own kid. So yeah, um, don't the candy is a cryptid. Candy is a cryptid. Yeah, but that is that that's that's 
cryptozoology, a brief overview. I obviously could go into detail on all these other things. And if if this episode we does will. well, people like it, it could be a way for us to expand our, our oeuvre so that ancient aliens doesn't dominate our lives. You know what I want to dedicate a whole episode to? And people are they're gonna have to tell us if they want this. Fresno Last Nightcrawler. Time, want, do what? Fresno Nightcrawler. It is the Fresno Nightcrawler. That is what I was going to say. Uh, I was go. like, last time we had Mildred on, they were talking specifically about the Fresno Nightcrawler, and I looked it up, and it is just the goofiest, funnest looking cryptid we gotta talk about. So, and someone got has to get their 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 third appearance on the show. Why not? But anyway, happy Halloween! Yeah. Uh, and if you want to wish us a happy Halloween after enjoying this episode, you can do so by going to at Props Not Aliens on Twitter or Blueski. On the note of Blueski, uh, we've been doing this for the last couple episodes, free to a good home. If you want to uh, say hello, but you don't have an account yet, you can, can put in a little code. BSKY-social-4MJWQ-6EVTG. First come, first serve. First come, first serve. Uh, other things that people can check out is... Oh, I didn't do the thing. Oh, I'll do it for you. Hey, Tristan, where can people find more of you online if they want to hear more of your voice? Oh boy, I feel like you got a not. Uh, I feel like you got a not a lot of that in this last thing. Um, but uh, if you want to, you can go to Step Back on on YouTube or Nebula and watch my stuff. Uh, I talk about why history cool. is important for understanding the past, or the past is important for understanding the today and the world that we live in. Because again, don't want to get into current stuff, but man, yeah. it'd be really great if people had a better understanding of their own history. <laughs> you and I are so good. I feel like we are so good at like making beginnings and endings of a podcast that do, that do sound frantic a little bit like, Which is like um, absolutely insane. It, the beginning and the, the past is good for understanding today and uh we're so good at it yeah uh my my latest video by the time that you are getting this will be my uh will still be my video on media and how media manipulates you again very apropos to our current situation uh my next video which should be coming out like this friday as of the release of this to the wider internet is going to be uh probably right up everyone's alley because it's going to be me talking about the jfk assassination which should be super fun yeah scott if i wanted to learn about the greatest sidekick ever in comic books topo the octopus where would i need to go hell yeah uh, I will tell you right after I stop Sparta from knocking over some stuff really quickly. I'll be, just give me two <laughs> I'm seconds. I'm keeping that. I'm keeping that. He wants attention so bad right now. Yeah, Topo the Octopus. A great cryptid, I would say, if you want to learn about a, a comic book character who's an animal that plays drums and does other stuff. And is a crack is a kraken a cryptid? Or is that just a myth? What's the di- This is so late in the episode to ask for the difference between a cryptid and just like a mythological creature. I'm not even going to bother. I feel like a cryptid is a my- mythological creature creature that somebody took seriously enough to think that is real there you go there's probably someone um, who believes I in a kraken i have a youtube channel called nerd sync n-e-r-d-s-y-n-c or i look at comics and superheroes and cartoons i'm doing a lot of scooby-doo stuff because i love scooby-doo and it's spooky man i have a million things i want to get done my camera broke so i'm doing a lot of voiceover this month and i would really appreciate the support because i'm sort of losing it so uh go check it out yeah. Links in the description and and if you want to help this show out financially, uh, the best place you can do is sign up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probably not aliens. Uh, we get a little kickback from you joining up and you get episodes a week early. And now I can yeah. say that confidently. We, we, we are we are on cycle. Yes, mostly because of Tristan <laughs> and not me. But 
but we're doing it. Yeah. Um, well, and uh, yeah, and thank you to everyone who reviews the podcast on Apple Podcasts and sends mm-hmm. us feedback on Spotify. It's all really great, and I love uh, reading those and all that good stuff. And yeah, a great the best way to, to help the people. show out is to do reviews or tell your friends. Uh, yeah. Just because you know the show spreads through word of mouth, so please, yeah, if you think there's someone who would like to have this podcast in their life, first of all, I'm sorry, but to, to send them then <laughs> send them to probsnotaliens.com, which is our splash page where you can pretty much find all of the podcast apps of current day and uh choose the one that you use to sign up uh, and of course don't forget the meetup on november 4th don't forget the meetup 2833 north sheffield 4th. avenue in, in 5 p.m chicago that's right that's right that's right that's right go check it out that's everything i believe mm-hmm. until next time my name is scott nicewander i'm tristan johnson and the truth is out there mm, probably There's this guy, there's this guy on Twitter who on like September 8th said that he was like on a boat to the South Pole because he was going to break through the ice wall because he believed in the flat earth and has not posted since then. And I am convinced that he is now encrypted. Oh, well done. (laughs) The hunt, the hunt starts now.